If you have a Bible with you, I want to invite you to find Luke chapter 24. All right, Luke chapter 24. Happy Easter, everybody. We've said it a few times. I'm going to keep saying it, all right? Happy Easter. Uh, Today is great. Today is the most important day of the year if you are a follower of Jesus. All right, some people might be like, oh, I don't know. What about Christmas? Well, the reality is, is if we did not have Easter, we would not celebrate Christmas. Like, did you ever think about that? Like, if Jesus actually died and, and stayed dead, we probably wouldn't care too much about when he was born. But because of Easter, this is, this is everything. Easter is everything for us. Uh, we can celebrate just everything that's going on. Uh, so I'm excited for us to be together, uh, to celebrate as a church, and then hopefully for us to kind of take a little bit of this excitement and this joy uh, and, and bring that with us as we leave here today, all right? So maybe this is your first Easter at a church, all right? That's great. Maybe you've been doing this your entire life. Either way, this, this is what I want for us today, all right? Can we just... Can we have an open mind? Can we approach this time uh, as something that's important and not just tradition? All right, can can we be open to God speaking to us each individually uh, in a way that could really impact our lives? Because that's the opportunity that we have this morning. All right, but it really, it comes down to us. Like God never forces anything on us. All right, we have an opportunity and it really comes down to, is is this something we care about? Is this something that we want? All right, so let's be ready for that. Uh, On Friday, we celebrated Good Friday, the day where we focus on the death of Jesus, and we had a very somber, borderline depressing time together, all right? Anyone that was here, like, knows exactly what I'm saying, all right? That was actually on purpose, all right? We wanted to lean into the feelings of that day and not just kind of rush past it and rush to the excitement of Easter, all right? And hopefully for those that were a part of that, Uh, our hope was is that today feels even more exciting because we allowed those two days to be what they were, to allow those two days to really kind of impact us, all right? So with that, like, let's get ready to celebrate now. Today is Easter. So if you are able, would you stand with me uh, as we read a passage for today? All right, we're going to be in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. If you're not able to stand, don't worry about that at all. All right, here we go, verse 1. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stopping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. God, I pray this morning that we would, we would be challenged. 
that we would be changed, God, that when we leave this place, that we would be a different person because of what you are doing in our life. God, not just because of a time that we spend together singing some songs and, and listening, Lord, but because, because you are making a difference in our life. So God, we pray that that would happen right now during this time. Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. All right, I want you to think about a time. Think about a time in your life when you were given some massive news. All right, this could be uh, something like kind of on a national or world level. Uh, okay, so some of you guys here, maybe you were uh, alive, maybe you remember like the assassination of President Kennedy. All right, or uh, the moon landing. Uh, Berlin Wall coming down. All right, that was my birth year. All right, so that's, I, I don't remember that. Uh, probably one that would be more people in the room that, that most of us would remember would be 9-11. All right, and, and most likely, if you were alive and old enough during one of these events, you remember where you were when you heard that news. Right, like you can think back to the exact spot that you were, and you can just kind of picture all of that again happening. I remember... 9-11, walking into Mrs. Holmes' sixth-grade science class, all right, and uh, seeing this on a TV in the corner and just really having no idea what's going on. And just kind of the rest of the day as teachers continued to talk to us, uh, just kind of letting that sink in and stuff, and, and uh, I realize I'm dating myself by kind of saying how old I was when these things happened. Aaron's like glaring at me right now, like, you young idiot. <laughs> All right, and, 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 but you remember these moments, like these big moments that have happened in life, uh, or maybe there's something more personal for you. All right, maybe, maybe a time where you got a new job, all right, and you can think back to that moment, or maybe you had an offer on a house that was accepted, right, Aaron and Buster? They've been trying to move to Long Prairie here the last little bit, and, uh, and they, that's fresh in their mind right now. All right, or maybe a moment where you found out that you were pregnant, or something along these lines. Like, uh, I can remember Emily coming around the corner in our apartment in Bemidji, kind of all excited. And I might be getting this wrong, and she might point this out. Uh, but I, I was on the phone with a friend, and it was in the evening. And I'm kind of talking to them, and all of a sudden she comes around, and she's like all excited and giddy and like looking at me and trying to kind of mouth something. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. And she's like, hang up. And I'm like, okay. So I'm talking to her, and I'm like, all right, hey, I, I think I got to go here. So I, I hang up, and she's like, I'm pregnant. And we're like, okay, all right. Like, the, you just, you remember those moments when they happen. All right? Uh, and now when you hear big news, like any of these, it usually hits you. And then in that moment, you realize, I am walking into a new world. Right? Like, even if you think back to some of these things that happened in our, in our world, like things like that, like something happens and you're like, life is not going to be the same anymore. Like because of this event, because of this moment that is happening, that's good and bad sometimes. Like flying on an airplane is very different today than it was 25 years ago. All right, it's, it's not even close to being the same. Like after 9-11, like it was never going to be the same. Things changed. Life for Emily and I now with three kids is totally different than it was eight years ago. All right, like I just remember so much more sleep and yet choosing not to go to sleep. Like, what was wrong with me? Life changes, all right? There are times where things change drastically enough where you would actually say, like, I am walking into a new world. 
from this moment on. Obviously, it's not a new world, but that, that's what it feels like. All right, the followers of Jesus had this type of shift several times in a very short period. When Jesus was crucified, I'm sure that they all felt that they were walking into a new world. Like they had these ideas, they had these plans for several years where they're like, this is the type of world we're going to live in. Jesus is going to change things. And all of a sudden he's on a cross. And the world that they had once hoped for was gone. Then a few days later, the women go to the tomb, some of the same women that were at the crucifixion, which, okay, by the way, side tangent. What I love about this is that we would not have some of the most important parts of our Bible if it were not for the testimony of some women. Can we just like appreciate that for a moment? Like think about the crucifixion. Like who was there? Why do we have that story? There's women that were there. All right, like it, it's amazing to see that. Like and this, this has been understated in the church, all right? Like who was at the cross? It was women. It was some of his female disciples. Who were the first ones to hear about the resurrection? Some of his female disciples. Who were the first people to ever share the good news of the resurrection? Some of his female disciples. Like, this is so good. This matters. All right, okay. Moving on. So the women go to the tomb. Jesus' body is gone. Depending on which gospel account uh, you're reading, this all plays out kind of a little different, but it never changes what God wants us to get out of this, all right? Like, that, that's not conflicting. All right, it's just kind of giving us these different angles at it. They go back to tell the other disciples, um, especially the 11 close disciples, what had happened. And they don't know what to do. All right, like this news is so wild and crazy that they don't really even believe it. And Peter jumps up and he runs to the tomb. But when he sees what the women had said exactly, uh, he's wondering what had happened. Right, and probably more than like what had happened, maybe there's a little bit of that, but also like just what is going on? Like what does this mean? Is this some like cruel joke that someone's playing? Is this, and he's trying to think through this. All right, now this, it isn't like the first time any of this should have hit them. They have been with Jesus basically nonstop for the past couple years. And Jesus talked about this all the time. All right, not just his resurrection. He does talk about that, but it was more than that. The resurrection wasn't just God proving some point. Uh, it wasn't some big miracle for the sake of miracles. It wasn't some favor to Jesus, all right? Like the resurrection was the start of something new. It was the start of an entire new way to life. It was the start of a new world. It was a singular event, but it changed everything moving forward. And Jesus had been talking about this all of the time, his entire ministry. It was called the kingdom of God, and it was a totally different way of living. All right, after the resurrection, there was a new world, a new way to move forward. It changed everything. And when we boil Easter down uh, to just celebrating the resurrection of Jesus and leave it at that, like we, honestly, we are missing out on the main idea. Like we're gathering together today, and maybe we're like, yeah, we're here to celebrate the resurrection. Yes, but so much more. And that's what I really want us to kind of understand today. All right? On Wednesday night this week, I was driving home from dropping the kids off here at church, uh, and this terrible moment happened in my life. All right? Music was uh, from my phone, kind of playing through our car speakers, and I had all of my music just on shuffle, where you don't know what's coming up next. It's just anything that's on your phone. And I'm driving, and all of a sudden... 
uh, the song Christmas Time is Here starts playing. And I love that song. I love that song. In its appropriate context, which is the month of December. All right? And as this song is playing, I am driving, and I actually had the windshield wipers on because it was snowing. This was terrible. Like, I hated this. And I looked down, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, Christmas time, it's just, Christmas time is here. And I'm like, it was awful. And it, it, it trans, I was transported back like four months, feeling like I was still in the middle of winter. Uh, the last month has been rough. Anyone understand that? Like, this is Minnesota. We get it, all right? Now, earlier in the week, I had gone outside of our house, and I took, uh, I took this picture. All right, and they're going to be on the screen behind me. Uh, the previous owner of our house had planted perennial flowers out front. All right, now, I'm not really like a big flower guy, but... I love this. I actually shared a bunch of flowers in the back, things like that. I absolutely love this. Do you know why I love this? It's not just because of flowers. It's because they signify something. I love this every single year. They signify that a change is coming. There is something new that is happening. And all of the junk of the past five months, all of the snow is fading away, all right? All those nights shoveling and snow blowing and the plow leaving it all at the end of my mailbox and me having to shovel that because otherwise my mail won't get delivered and it just is this big hassle and just, you know, all those cold days and trying to cover up every little bit of skin so you don't get frostbit. Like all of that is fading away. It's fading away. And there's going to be a new way of living. So this is what happens. Like Jesus comes teaching that there is a new way of living that we are called to. That the kingdom of God isn't something way off in the distance. That it, it actually can happen right now in our lives. This is what he was teaching. We can be an active part of this new world and this new way of living. And it sounds amazing. It's something pretty much every person would want. All right, can you imagine a world uh, without any injustice? No one taking advantage of someone else for their own personal gain. A world where there isn't division and corruption, where people are all looking out for the betterment of others. A world that is driven by love for each other, for serving each other, for looking out for one another, meeting the needs of the people around you. Like, even if, if you strip away all the religion that is attached to that, like as people would say, just that idea of a world, I think everybody wants that. Like, that sounds amazing. It's this new world. And, and Jesus passes this on to his disciples, and they share it with the world around them. And it starts the movement of Jesus' followers, of Christians, and it sounds like it's going the exact way that it should, right? Like, it's a new world, everything's good, there are never any problems anymore, everybody gets along, no disagreements, no injustice, no one is using their social status or wealth to put themselves above somebody else, right? That, that's what happens? No, that's not what happens. It, it's not very long and problems start to come up. Why? I thought Jesus said this was a new world, that this shouldn't be happening. Well, the problem is, is we are moving in the direction of something new that has happened. And we can be part of it, but it isn't complete yet. And as long as it isn't complete, as long as we are still the main part of moving this forward, you and I, there's going to be issues. Back to my flowers. I took this picture this week as well. <laughs> a little bit after that first one. That is so sad. I hate it. 
So we have this idea that things are going to be different and spring is coming and we get excited about it, but then life keeps happening. Minnesota keeps happening. And when you look at this, it, it, it's so hard to have hope, right? Like it's actually easier probably to just think, nope, this is the world we live in. It's cold. There's snow everywhere. All right, let's pull out all the snow pants and the boots again, and we're just going to keep them out. I did that yesterday for the egg hunt, all right? It's never going to change. This is our life. Let's just get used to it. All right, but, but we, don't do, we don't do that, right? Like no one in the room is probably sitting here thinking, nope, summer's never coming. Just give it up. All right, I'm going to wear my winter jacket the rest of my life. We don't do that, all right? We know that summer is coming. We know that there is a time where I am going to lay on a beach and get sunburned. And I will spend time outside and I will complain that it is too hot and that air conditioning is too expensive. And I will go for nice warm walks and I will eat hot dogs outside and actually welcome a nice breeze because it cools me off instead of feeling incredibly cold every single time. Why is it that I know this is coming? Because the flowers in my front yard are there. The flowers tell me that something new has started. We are moving in this new direction. And it may get a little cold over the next few weeks. It may even snow. But we are moving into a new season, into a new world. That's what the resurrection of Jesus points to. It isn't just some wild miracle. It points to a new world and a new way of living. Unfortunately, though, we still live in this world. It's not complete yet. And things will happen that will discourage us a lot more than just snow in the month of April. All right, people will hurt you instead of helping you. People will fail you time and time again. That's how this works, unfortunately. But we don't give up on summer when a little snow falls in April. And we shouldn't give up on God's beautiful plan for this world because there's junk all around us. All right? Here's this statement that I'm hanging on to. I know spring is here because of the flowers. And I know this world can be different because of the resurrection of Jesus. And it isn't just about giving up or, or you know, believing. It's about playing an active role in this new world that Jesus has opened for us. When we continue reading in the chapter, uh, Luke 24, Jesus comes back and spends time with his followers. He's interacting with them, talking with them. And I want us to read this from the end of the chapter, and it's right towards the end of the book. All right, Luke's account here, chapter 24, starting in verse 44. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. When Jesus meets with them, he goes back and shows what he was doing, what his whole ministry was, his whole life was pointing to this new world, this new kingdom. But this isn't just a moment of teaching. This is a commissioning. He's giving them a job. All right, we aren't told that Jesus started something new and then you just have to sit around and wait and it'll happen. All right, instead we are told this is your responsibility. 
You are not only to talk about this great news, but to share and to share the amazing things that have happened, but you actually need to make this become a reality. This is part of our job. This is part of our job. You need to begin to live your life in a way that actually models this new world that we live in. Right? Like one of the biggest questions people have, why, if God's real, why is there so much evil and suffering? It's because of us. It's because this isn't complete yet, because this is still happening. And as long as we are still part of this, like that, unfortunately, that's going to continue. But what our job is as followers of Jesus and as the church is to begin to point to that new way of living, that new world, and actually begin to move that direction and bring people with us. That means that we need to confront injustice when we see it. We do. We have that responsibility. Not in an arrogant, self-righteous way, that we often see it done, but in humility, with a heart that truly wants to love and see others thrive. All right? This is hard. To make a better world, not just for the oppressed, but also for the oppressor. Like, think about that. Think about how crazy that is. Like, as the human person, what we want, when we see someone who is basically a bully, who is oppressing someone else, we want to see the oppressed get lifted up and we want to see that person brought down. That, that's what we want to see. Everybody loves the, the rise of an underdog and the fall of whoever's on top. That's human nature. But that's not what we're called to. We're called to lift up the oppressed. We're called to make a better world. But it doesn't mean just for them. It means pointing out in the oppressor's life, like where they have fallen wrong, so that they can actually bring that back into the right way. Like, we're, we're called to that. Like, the kingdom of God is going to move forward, but it's never accomplished at the expense of somebody. It's for everyone to choose to take part of, to live in this new way, to be part of this new world, to make earth as it is in heaven, for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. We know those words. So we celebrate that Jesus was raised from the dead, uh, but don't make the mistake that that event is what it's all about. All right, like think about this. When we go to a wedding, we celebrate the couple. We celebrate the, the wedding itself and that they're getting married. But more than that, we celebrate what the wedding means. That now there is a new life that they are walking into together. Like how weird would it be if just every year they, they, they had a wedding and it was amazing. Everyone came and celebrated. And then they just went their own ways. But then every year on the anniversary, they came back together and celebrated. Hey, remember that day when we got married? That was great. But when we only focus on the resurrection on Easter, like we are essentially doing the same thing. Do we realize that? We come together and we just think of the resurrection. It's like, no, there's so much more. There's a whole new life that accompanies this that we are called to be living. A whole new world that we are called to bring. And even when junk happens, even when people fail us, we don't give up. We know that things can be different because of the resurrection of Jesus. That's why we look back at the resurrection. Worship team, if you guys would come. So let's, let's celebrate Easter. Let's celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, our King. All right, But let's celebrate that there is, there is a new way of living. And we not only get to be part of it, but it's our responsibility and it's our calling to change this world.
Would you stand with me across this room? My hope is that as we, as we gather today, maybe with friends, maybe with family, maybe as we just spend some time even on our own, my hope is, is that we can think about this as so much more than just the resurrection. Like we celebrate that in the same way. We get together, we do celebrate a wedding. We celebrate that moment. It's exciting. But then we don't walk away and forget about what that actually means. That it is ushering in a whole new way of living. A whole new life. And that's what I want for us. That we celebrate the resurrection. But more than that, that we actually live this out. That we have a calling. We are called to bring this world that Jesus talked about. And it's hard. It's work. It is. But that's what we're called to. And so I want to challenge all of us today to find a way to, to make that part of your celebration. I don't know. Like, I honestly... Okay, so I, I cheated and obviously knew what I was talking about today. I knew where I was going with this. And even as I've thought about this, I've thought, what does that look like for me today? As I gather with family and celebrate Easter... How do I, in a way, also celebrate what this actually means moving forward and not just today? How do I make that part of my celebration? And honestly, I am still, like, thinking through that. But I want us all to do that. I want us to think through what could that look like to be so much more than just a one-time event. And here's what I want. I want us to celebrate as we close. We are going to sing uh, one last song together, and then I'll dismiss us. All right? And we are very intentional in trying to not uh, keep anybody too long, anything like that. We, we're trying to just think like, all right, I know people have plans, and you may have something in the oven that is going to burn if I preach too long. All right, now I've ruined Easter for you, okay? But let, let's do this. Let's, let's celebrate together. We're going to do one last song here. And I want you to think. I want you to reflect. What does this look like? What does this look like to be more than a one-time thing? This is not a wedding. This is a marriage. All right. What does this look like to make that part of the celebration? All right. So let's, let's sing one last song together. Let's celebrate. I want to encourage you. Maybe singing is a new thing for you. All right, maybe even this song, you're going to be like, this is the first time I've heard this. Like, let, let's just, let's get into this. Let's find a way to thank Jesus for what he's done and be part of this, be active in this, uh, and, and not just kind of let this moment pass us by, all right?